catch you, Carol. Yes. Welcome to Word Tetris. Thank season you. Season finale of Word Tetris. Oh, wow. I feel season, extra special. I feel like. the finale of what has been a, a raucous, a raucous <laughs> season three filled with twists and turns. You guys don't know. There was a moment where there was going to be a, bi- a couple bye weeks because I didn't have guests. Oh, wow. Last minute people showed up. Like, here's what you've missed this season if you're only tuning in now. You have missed Ildi Modrovic, Nicole Levy, Daniel Sapovarez, Jenny Klein, Molly Nussbaum, Deborah J. Fisher, Keenan Copen, Latoya Morgan, Amy Pacha, Seth uh, Seth Cohen, Amy Berg, Lane Morgan, Sarah Watson, Christine Boylan, Shauna and Julie Benson. Now you're here for the season finale with Nikechi Carroll. Somehow, I don't know how I ended up with the finale spot because uh, you had some heavy hitters in there. Timing. Uh, well, look, Sweep Sweeps was coming up. Okay. We had to bring, we had to roll out the carpet of Amy Berg on Sweep Sweep. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Amy is amazing, by the way. And, She's my shiro. Um, and then, and then it was like, well, well, okay. Well, we we blew our budget on the on sweeps, <laughs> so we're gonna have to scale it back for the finale. There we go. There we. I'm happy to be the scaled back version. <laughs> um. So, uh, uh, before we get started, the first 20 minutes of this episode will be available for free. Um, on wordtetris.com, all the podcasters, all that stuff. By the way, now um, the iTunes page is finally separated into the proper seasons, so that's nice if you care about such things. So it actually <laughs> says seasons one, season two, season three, and so on. Download them all. Um, if you want to hear the full episode, get the full and the catchy Carol experience, head over to patreon.com slash wordtetris, sign up for the $1 in episode tier. But if you want to hear that, plus a bonus episode, bonus the catchy Carol, sign up for the $3 episode tier on Patreon. Oh, and since it's the season finale, it's time once again to tell you people that even though the show will not be coming out weekly anymore, there will still be content coming out throughout the hiatus, um, just not on a regular basis. So there will not be a every Monday and every Tuesday there's episodes for your tier. Instead, sign up for Patreon. Uh, $3 patrons, you won't get anything extra, but you will still have access to the archive of $3 episodes during the hiatus. Sign up for even just the $1 episode tier during the hiatus. You'll get, there'll be bonus because there's always like other people come on and there's it's just not particularly about rewriting. It's just other topics in general like I did an episode during the last one about uh, animation with Jeff Thorne. I did an episode um, about TV directing with MJ Bassett. I did an episode about comics with Jay Fairber and so on. So stuff like that. Some um, impressive stuff. That's a lot of good stuff. Lots of great stuff. You're getting your money's worth. You're getting your money's worth on that Patreon. So go sign up for that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Meryl Barr. M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R. And Akechi, where can people find you? K-E-C-H 99 on Twitter. Don't try and find me on Instagram because that's where I put all my kids' posted up photos and it's a private account and <laughs> I'll decline you and I'll feel really bad about it. But find me on Twitter. I'm there. Happy to chat anytime. And All-American, it's wrapped now, right? You guys wrapped season one? Yes, we wrapped season one. We're actually about to kick off uh, work on season two in a couple weeks. Uh, all the writers will be back. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good times. And they can watch it on Netflix? They can watch it on Netflix. Um, we're sh- uh, streaming on Netflix right now the whole first season. And then come on back to the CW. 
um, to get uh, new episodes, uh, hopefully in the fall. We're waiting to hear if we're going to be fall or midseason, but I guarantee the new episodes will be on the CW before they're on Netflix. So Do you come know on any back and join us here. Two is yet? We don't know yet. Uh, so minimum of 13, but we don't know if it'll be more than that yet. Right. Uh, we're waiting to find out. Can I just say your office is, so is this where we are right now? Is that only just writers in this section? Uh, yes. And then. Because this is huge. It, 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 yes. It's dauntingly it huge. <laughs> I could fit two writers rooms in this one section alone. Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of big. And bear in mind, this isn't even the biggest office. I just liked it because it was very bright. I have a huge. No, I need you. sunlight. I like. I, I, yes. need, I need like direct sunlight. Yes. So, I um, but there's actually a bigger office than this one that I gave to one of my other writers who I think felt like he won the lottery. Um, also, props to the Finder poster. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> my first. That was my first staffed writing gig. Was the Finder? Yeah, it was the Finder. Thank you, Hart Hansen. You changed my life. He <laughs> hates when I say that, but it's true. Okay, and we're we're not behind the paywall yet, so he'll definitely actually hear it. Because <laughs> he's not signed up for the Patreon. All right, so here's the thing. The Catchy Carol question of the day. How do you feel about rewriting? Uh, doing it or being rewritten? <laughs> I get, well, you're the boss now, so I guess you only doing it. Um... Although we can get to how does it feel to having been rewritten. <laughs> I hate being rewritten. It's a necessary evil. It's how you grow and learn. Um, but as far as rewriting is concerned, I actually uh, prefer not to do it. My preference is to be have enough time and have built a schedule where I can give my writers extensive notes and have them go off and uh, do another pass. And then if I need to do any like minor polishing, um, happy to do that. But uh Sometimes time doesn't allow for that, and sometimes schedules dictate that uh, I take over and sort of do a rewrite. Um, what I try to do at that point is then walk the writer through the changes I'm making, or if it's not at 2 a.m. in the morning, come sit with me while I'm making them so that it's a learning process. But often it's happening at 2 a.m. on my kitchen table with an obscene amount of caffeine in front of me. Um, but then I usually try to have a moment to sit down with the writers who sort of walk through um, the changes I made and why I made them because my goal is not to have to do a lot of rewriting. My goal mm. is to get to the point where I really can just give them all um, notes and send them off into the wilderness and have man- magnificent scripts come back. What's your so what are you what are you usually looking for when you're doing those rewrites, particularly when you're rewriting the other writers, not necessarily yourself when it's not one of your episodes? Um, I'm. Honestly, I feel like, you know, the writers I work with, especially on the show, um, it's such a special show and it's so personal to all of us that I feel like we do sort of share a unified voice, which is great. So very rarely am I doing rewrites because I feel like tonally it didn't capture the show or it feels like the voice of the show is off. Um Sometimes I'm doing rewrites just to get us in and out of the scene faster because my line producer is looking at me like I'm crazy because I handed her a 56-page script. Um, sometimes Do you hate I, your line producer? I love my line producer. <laughs> I know she would really love it if I gave her 50-page scripts instead. So we're working on that season two. Um, I, I tend to get very verbose. Um, but yeah, so often the rewriting is, you know, getting us in and out of scenes quicker or... Um, you know, sort of maybe streamlining stuff where it's a lot of really great material, but we could just get to the point faster and sort of move on. Um, it's that sort of stuff that I'm usually in there tweaking. Now, the show is created by April Blair. Yes. Did you find that you had to do any... Because uh, rewriting is not just about rewriting scripts. Right. As has been discussed on this show. 
rewriting happens, you know, when you're in the room and you start breaking an outline. You go, well, this isn't working. So yeah. how much, how much rewriting, how much modification needed to take place when you stepped into the showrunner role on the show? Um, well, the good thing, the amazing thing, I guess, is that, um, Greg Berlanti promoted from within. So mm-hmm. I'd been here since the only episode I wasn't part of was the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been here since episode two. Um, I was one of April's um, number twos in the room. And so, and April sort of ran a very collaborative show. So we were all very involved in the stories for the episodes and breaking the episodes and everything. And so when I was asked, when I, April stepped down and I was asked to take over a showrunner, I think in my head, a thousand things went through my head of like, oh my God, this is going to be crazy. And what am I doing? And crazy transition. And then day one, I was like, oh, it's literally exactly what I was doing before. It's just my phone rings more. Right. Um, and everyone wants a direct answer from me. But the truth is, um, you know, in our writer's room, it is a very collaborative process. So I don't, I'm, I don't send the writers out of the room unless we feel very, we all feel very strongly about the break so that they're working off a really strong story structure. Um, and so uh, I probably have more on my whiteboards than most writers do. Cause I've been in rooms where it's sort of been like, yeah, some really great stuff happens. Here's something along this line. Great. I'm and staring at her board right now. I'm already across <laughs> from it. Is that, are you, is that a feature you have out there? Just that, that is a feature. It looks like I the structure of features. Yes, okay. I have it. That's that why is... there's a bunch of shit on there. It's broken yeah. up into four parts. That's, uh, but... yeah, that's, that's a feature that <laughs> needs to be finished before I start season two. So that's up there. Um, but my, my, if you saw a typical whiteboard for one of our episodes on the show, they're very detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that everyone is on the same page about what the episode is when we leave the room. Um, and I just think that just sets the writers up for, you know, success. And so. then, so what is it your, so, you know, you mentioned it's like sometimes trying to get out of the scene faster. You know, what, what, what are the different, uh, requirements to, to initiate, to instigate a rewrite? Like what, so one is like your line producer says we need to get out of this faster. You know, I mean, what, it depends. How often sometimes, is it just money? Uh, occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> occasionally it's it's a money thing and it doesn't even require laureate or my line producer to say anything i would look at the script and i'd be like this is amazing it is 58 pages <laughs> and and truthfully even if we could manage to shoot that in our schedule i am going to have to cut 15 to 20 minutes out in editing which frankly is a whole nother episode mm-hmm. um and that usually makes me weep because then i'm watching really amazing stuff get cut for time and then i turn go into the fetal position as and Vin- so as vince gilligan said i love Cutting in the script, hate cutting in post. Exactly. And and for me, that was something I also had to learn as a showrunner. Because part of me was like, oh, if we can afford to shoot it, let's shoot it. And then we'll decide what we'll keep. And then the first episode I had to make those cuts to, and it was like cutting your babies. And I was like, oh, never again. I was like, we got to cut these in the script before we shoot them and fall in love with them. Right. Um, and so, you know, sometimes it is rewrites are, are for financial reasons. Um, and then sometimes it is just tightening up the script and making sure we're telling the best version of the story. Um, Sometimes something that looked really great in the room and worked really well when we're talking on the room and you get on the page and it's no fault of the writers, but it's just like, oh, wait, now that I'm seeing this in the scene, it actually doesn't work or it's just the flip of something we did earlier and we want to make sure we're sort of like not how often? How often are those moments, moments that when you were in the room, you're like, I don't know, but let's try it. Like how often is it always like the thing you were like, and your gut was going, 
I don't know. Is it how often? No, not rarely. If my gut is saying in the room that mm, I don't know, then no, we don't. So how? It, how? So how often are you cutting things where you're like, "This is totally gonna work," and then it doesn't? Um, I would say there's a fair amount where we something works really well in the room, but then when you put it in the scene, and the scene is great, but then you realize we really don't need it. Mm-hmm. Like we can go from A to C. And it would have been no different with or without B in there. If that's the case, then let's just pull scene B. doesn't matter how great it is. So basically, it's never really about cutting a thing that doesn't work. It's about cutting a thing that's like, it's just extra. Yeah. And occasionally, it is about cutting the thing that doesn't work. And sometimes you can't tell if it works until it's in script. And sometimes it's been, you know, the network has flagged something that they're like, listen, we don't know about this. And I'm like, guys, just let us get to script. Let us get to script. Let us give us a shot. If it doesn't work, we'll take it out. Um Nine times out of ten, it does work once we get to script. But occasionally, there's been a time when I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, they were right. We actually don't need this. No, but we can't tell them that. I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. What is the rewrite process like on all? Like, what is this? What are the steps on a a post-draft one of All-American between draft one and shooting script? Um, So... Honestly, it depends on the level of writer. But for the most part, what I try to do is a writer's draft gets turned into me. Um, I will go through it. Um, I will, especially if it's an upper level writer, I usually have time to like give them notes because I know they'll be able to turn it around quickly. And I'm doing less work on the back end. Um, if it's a, a younger writer, um, then I will uh, usually give them notes, but sit with them and work through the incorporating of those notes and why I'm giving them and sort of the rewrite with them. Uh, and then we send it to uh, Greg Berlanti, um, who, if he has time, and he actually sort of genuinely loves the show, so he kind of reads it as a fan, which is great. Um, so I'll usually be like, hey, here's the draft. Um, sending it to the director <laughs> in a couple of days, in like two days. So if you have any notes, chime in or feel free to chime in anywhere along the process because, you know, it's Greg. He can chime in whenever he wants. Right. Um, and uh, and then in the process of our seven days of prep, we're constantly honing it. It can be thoughts from the director. I love when my directors come in and enhance the material. So if they come in and they're like, hey, I was thinking about shooting it this way or shooting it that way. Um, But in order to do that, it feels like the top of the scene would need to be tweaked or something. If it's something that elevates the material, I'm always like, oh my God, that's fantastic. That's why we... That's why it's a collaborative process. Are you saying you don't shoot your scripts word for word? Do not shoot my scripts <laughs> word for word. And frankly, <laughs> I strongly, I'm probably like... Inside like baseball. The, the <laughs> ground is about to open up because I'm saying this publicly. But I'm actually, as as a writer myself, um, and as a showrunner, um, I rarely look at the sides when I'm on set. And so if the actors switch a word here or there... I may not even notice. And if I don't notice, then clearly it's not important. The only time I will look at the sides and be like, wait, is if something just doesn't feel right and I can't put my finger on what it is. And then I'll pick up the sides and I was like, oh, because they decided to change these three words and it actually completely changed the meaning of the scene. At which point I will say to my scripty, maybe just go remind them what the lines should actually be. But honestly, if I'm sitting in village and I'm in the scene and I'm watching and I'm listening and the emotions are what I want it to be, and everything is fine on all cylinders. I will never look at the sides, right. and they might have, you know, right. only said every other word that was on there. 
but it's working because I was caught up in it and I was moved by it. And so there's no point in me getting up in there and being like, you left out an and and I really need you to go back and put it in. <laughs> um, and I strongly ah. encourage my writers to do the same. I'm like, you well, this don't... is always about feel. It's yeah. always about feel. There's the the thing I have learned in my years is that. It, there reaches a point where you learned everything you can learn on a technical level. Yeah. Like how to, like how to, like, you know, where to use a cut to, when do you, you know, where fading goes, how to properly format and act out yeah. heart. He gets so, he was getting so mad for the longest time because I wouldn't center my, <laughs> my, 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 act out, my act, my act out slug. Yeah. Like he was, he was like center that. I'm like, fine. So, <laughs> I would center the end, but I wouldn't center the act one, act two. That's hilarious. Slug. <laughs> Every time I posted it, he'd be like, center that. So, uh, you reach a point where you've learned all of the actual, the actual, like, this is how the machine works. Yeah. And it becomes a point of, you just got to feel it out. And yeah. it's like, you're going to, you, and you will know, not, you know, you, you will strive to make every scene feel great. Yeah. And the, the hard part is coming to the under, understanding that you, maybe you can't get there all the time, but you'll have a handful where you go, that are spread out throughout the script where you go, damn. Yeah. Damn, I nailed it. <laughs> I nailed it. No one can tell me I didn't nail it. <laughs> like, sorry. I, just... I um, It's funny because, and maybe it's because I'm not so, um, I'm not so hardcore about you have to say every single word the way I wrote it. Um, I will say that our, if there is something, if our actors come up to me and are like, hey, do you mind if I change this word? Um, most of the time I don't, but every once in a while there's a word where I'm like, no, no, that one's in there for a reason. Like it actually has to be that. Um, and I'm like, let's get a couple takes with that and then feel free to try whatever. Um, but it ends up not being a battle, which is great. Cause I've been on sets where it's a battle and they're like, well, I don't want to say it. And I'm like, are we really having this conversation right now while everyone's just standing here? Say the words. Um, but the nice thing is on this show, it's rarely a battle about that because we give them so much leeway. Um, the rest of the time. What I find bizarre about the whole process when it comes to this conversation, it's always about dialogue. Like, no one ever goes, can I not pick up the mug? Right. It's always like, can I not say this thing? And it's like, <laughs> it's always that. It's always like, it's weird to me how people view dialogue. And I, I think it's because dialogue is the only thing that actually translates right. from the script to the end user. Right. It's like the one thing that you don't have to know how to read a script to know what's being said. Right. Or maybe you do because there's intention behind like right. certain lines. But it's weird to me how it's always the the battles always over dialogue. Yeah. It's never over the action someone is taking. Right. And and we're a dialogue driven medium, so right. you know, maybe it's it's out of the sheer volume of um and I also think that dialogue is so direct, right? So you can tell someone you know actions can imply what someone's thinking about something or whatever but when they say it they said it and so I think sometimes you um have actors who maybe are so in their head about what how they think they're going to be perceived because they said that line or they feel like they know their character so well that it isn't something their character would ever say which usually my answer is like does it say you say it then your character says it like <laughs> 
I try to catch he puts the foot down. <laughs> I'm like, I get <laughs> that you don't feel like your character would say that, but since we created these characters, I'm pretty sure they would. But I try to, I'm, I, I, and maybe to my detriment, run, try to run a very collaborative show. And so we do, you know, I, our lead actor, Daniel Ezra, who's a phenomenal talent, um, we will have conversations ad nauseum about his character and why his character is doing something or going through something. And I think it just builds a mutual respect. So once we get on set, he's like, okay, let's go, let's do it. Um, which is an amazing, amazing thing to have. Yeah, so. To hear the rest of this episode, head on over to patreon.com slash word Tetris.